What is going on? This is Macklin. I'm back for episode, I think it's six, maybe seven, maybe eight. I'm not really sure, but I'm back. I'm sitting at my desk and uh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs recently in terms of this side project that I'm working on. But it's been really good. It's been interesting to see how, as a result of being a little bit steadier with my emotion and being more consistent with my routines, how I've been able to continue to come back to the desk day after day and feel good about the things that I'm doing you know, just generally positive, not beating myself up, not, uh, you know, not feeling like I'm falling off the wagon. Something happened the other day that I thought was interesting as well, which was that I had a realization that I've been putting on a little bit of weight. And I think I probably already mentioned this, so I don't need to go into all the details, but I dropped down to 149 pounds. I'm five foot nine, five foot nine, maybe nine and a half. And, uh, and that's where I was. And then I, I went back up a little bit to like 155, which is still about 10 pounds lighter than I, than I had been, um, for like my entire adult life. So I'm still feeling good, but I just noticed that I was overeating a lot and, and stress eating and I guess in the past, I probably would have reacted to this situation by doubling down on destructive behavior and just allowing myself to throw it all away. And normally in those, you know, circumstances, it's not conscious. It's more like of, you know, it's more like um, a, a hose, like a watering hose that has a leak in it. It's like poking a watering hose um, with like a, with like a pin. And at first it's like, you know, the, it's, it's not noticeable, but then if you keep doing it over and over again, and maybe instead of using a pin, you use like a, I don't know, a knife or something. It's like, it becomes just very obvious, but only if you zoom out, because like if you're looking just at the hose, you know, up close, you might just see like some water coming out the side. But if you look at the length of the hose, you'll see water coming out everywhere. And eventually the water won't be as strong uh, where it's supposed to come out. It'll just be coming out the sides. And the reason that I use that as an example is, you know, I think, I think it's very common that people have good intentions when they are working towards goals. And You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about the difference between systems and goals. I guess like when I refer to goals, I am usually referring to systems as well. 
because I, I'm very systematized with my habits. And, you know, I, I have these these habits that are very much stacked on top of each other and they are all time bound. So it's very easy for me to know when I'm going to do them. But um, I think people have really good intentions when it comes to setting these kinds of goals for themselves. And then over time, you know, their emotion can kind of get in the way of them achieving the results that they want to see. And I, I definitely used to do that as well, where, you know, I'd have a bad day and it would turn into a bad week and that would turn into a bad month. And then that would just become normal. And then I would have to have, you know, one on one with myself and say, hey, you're definitely falling off. And sometimes I would, you know, heed that warning and come back. But usually that was after like a lot of damage had been done and self-destructive behavior had been conducted or I would just, you know, keep going down that road. And if anything, now I've definitely, because I stopped drinking, I've definitely noticed that my safety net is a lot stronger and I don't have to wait until I'm like completely off the rails um, before I take action. So it was really comforting. Like uh, four days ago or so, I stepped on the scale and I looked at the number and I was like, wow, 156.6. And I took one of my post-it notes and I wrote my weight on it. And then I looked at the uh, calorie calculators online, uh, total daily and energy expenditure, TDEE. And I averaged, you know, for my height and my age, my activity level, I averaged three of them. And I used that as like my baseline of, you know, how many calories I would eat to maintain my weight. And then I just subtracted uh, 400 instead of 500 just to make it a little bit easier on myself. And yeah, yeah, it's actually been uh, very helpful. I mean, this morning I weighed myself and obviously your weight is going to fluctuate day to day. You know, there could be days where it's, uh, you know, even more than it was when you were uh, overeating just because of salt and water weight and yeah, a slew of other reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I noticed that my weight was down again yesterday and the goal is just to make that part of my identity and not this external, uh, this external system or goal. It should just be, you know, I am the kind of person who blank rather than tomorrow eat X number of calories. So yeah, um, it's been really cool to see that. Really cool to see, you know, how I've changed as a result. And I'm also looking at a stack of post-it notes. Every morning I write out my affirmations and I have the same affirmation every day. I'm not going to share it with you guys because I think that there's a lot of power in holding on to information for yourself, almost kind of like uh, a sacred energy when you don't talk about things too specifically. And that's part of the reason that I don't share exactly what I'm working on right now, because I'd rather, you know, get it done in the dark and present it in the light when it's done rather than present it in the light when it's an idea and then never see it come to fruition. 
So yeah, I have these affirmations. I write them out. There's I write 15 every morning. It takes me between 10 and 15 minutes to do. And uh, I'm looking at a stack right now from January 1st, every day since January 1st. And it's just, it's just like, it's ammunition, it's proof. It shows, like when I look at the stack, it shows me the kind of person that I am. And it's just like a flywheel, so... It gets easier the more you do it, and it actually becomes harder to not do it than it does to do it at this point. I think my day would feel very strange if I didn't do it now. I'd be like, oh, what's going on? Why Why am I skipping this today? And I think that's the goal that most people want to arrive at when they're bringing on a new habit. They want to reach a point where the absence of that goal, or the absence, rather, of that habit is more jarring than practicing it. And I guess I'd like to just share a little bit of, of insight there. You know, something I've noticed about myself is that I'm extremely grateful um, for the life that I have. There are mornings that I wake up and I actually cry. Um, it's not like long, you know, but like I'll have tears of joy in my eyes because I'm just so happy to be alive and to share this earth with you guys and to just to just know that I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I that I have the life that I do and that I'm healthy and that I'm happy and that any dream that I want to achieve is completely within my reach. I don't believe in limits at all. And if, if I went back 10 years in time and talked to myself and tried to convince not myself, but like the people that I was around 10 years ago, where I would be. So I, it's me from 2023 going back to 2013 and trying to convince my immediate friend group of what I was going to become. I really don't think that they would have seen it. And my hope is that in 2033, if that version of me visited the 2023 me, that the people that I'm spending my time with right now would actually believe that I could become that. And I guess that's like the, the topic that I really wanted to focus on for today. I mean, I'm happy to give some tips just around like habits in general. But I think like that's the area that really calls to me for today's episode. So having a really supportive network of people in your life is is extremely important because the people that you spend your time with will end up rubbing, their ideas will rub off on you and influence you either directly or indirectly. So I think it's really important to be around people who unlock that part of you. And, 
you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like my own friend group. And, you know, I have friends from, you know, all of, all of the different universities that I attended. Well, I attended four and I have friends from, <laughs> I have friends from one university that I attended that I'm still, you know, sorry, two, two universities that I attended. I have friends from. But, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like a bad thing, you know, it's like, as you continue to grow and you continue to learn new things, the people that you surround yourself with change because you change as a person, you just become a different, you know, a different version of yourself and you have different energy that you give off. And, but like what I'm looking for right now in my life are people that want to be on this journey with me together and are extremely positive and have big ideas and understand that we're limitless in terms of what we want to achieve. And there are just so many negative people out there who by no fault of their own, don't see the world the same way that I do. And, you know, I'm kind of like in this like hermit mode right now, because I'm, I'm focusing on building something on the side and I just don't really have time for antics and I don't have time to be around people, you know, that are not like 100% on the same path as me. And, you know, it's not ideal to say it because it makes me not feel great, but it's, it really is that mindset. It's like, you're either with me or, or you're against me. And there is no middle ground. It's not like you're kind of, you know, going in a similar direction. It's like, no, no, no. We're either on the same exact level in terms of how we see the world or we're not. And there's nothing wrong with that. If two people are not on the same level, it doesn't mean that the person that's, you know, going in a different direction is, it's not a moral call at all. It's just compatibility. And if there's one thing that I've, I've come to realize since I've been in Berlin, it's that, you know, I had such a, I had such a transformation negatively like when I first moved to Berlin, I had such a negative transformation and it was like for a number of reasons, but like it was in the middle of the pandemic. I was moving to a new place. I was drinking a tremendous amount. I didn't really know what I wanted. And I just think that like I became a different person. And it's, it's not to say that like, it's not to say that I was like bad or good, because again, I think that's really a lazy way of looking at it. It was just that my long-term focus shifted more to the short term and I became more hedonistic and less focused on sustainable self-growth. When I turned 26, I really noticed that like I stopped 
seeing life 10 years in the future, 15 years in the future, 20 years in the future. Sometimes I would, but it was like little glimpses. And then the rest of the time I was just focusing on, you know, the next day or the next hour. And and usually that just meant like going out and focusing on, you know, where I was going to grab drinks that night or who I was going to go on a date with or, you know, those those kinds of topics. And I'm just not thinking about that stuff anymore. And I don't even think about dating anymore. And I know you're maybe the first thing that you're going to say is, yeah, but didn't you just talk about, you know, wanting to approach girls and not be afraid? 100%. But me wanting to approach women that I think are beautiful and just, you know, chatting with them and not having the fear is not because I want to date and because I want to have, you know, any kind of romantic or physical, um, interactions right now. It's not about that. It's more about overcoming fear and being able to trust that in the future, when I, when I recruit, um, those skills that I'm developing now, that they'll be there for me. And it's not for the, you know, for the reason of just like, you know, dating and it's not about that. Um, I don't have problems like when it comes to you know, meeting women. I actually don't use dating apps, but like I have no problem when it comes to like meeting a woman at a, at a party or, you know, a friend of a friend or anything like that and going on dates and all that. It's, it's more about wanting to make the most of the life that I have and being less worried because what I'm going to ask of myself over the next 10 to 15 years is nothing short of extraordinary. And I don't want to have fear holding me back in any kind of way. So yeah, I'm just like a completely different version of myself now than I was before when I was 26 and 27 and even 28. I was just, you know, so focused on getting validation from other people whether it was friends you know or if it was like a girl that i thought was really cute and and i didn't realize like how insecure i was and i still am i still am to a certain extent but i would say like the insecurity is not the same. It's not the same level of insecurity as it was before. It was like, I just had this cycle where I would talk to a girl that I thought was cute. You know, we would start seeing each other. And then like for about three years after my breakup with, uh, with my girlfriend from New York, it was like I didn't want to commit to anybody. And so I would talk to a girl, would get really infatuated, and then tell my friends and my family, like, oh, I think I finally found the girl. She's like perfect, blah, blah, blah. Hype her up in my own head, put all these expectations on myself, and then end up, you know, not talking to her as much, and then eventually it would fizzle out. 
It was like I just put all of this pressure on myself and on them. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't directly put pressure on them. I didn't tell them, you know, how I felt in that way. But um, then I had my last relationship, which was from, you know, about this time last year until the end of September. And I really, like we were friends and I really, really loved her. It was, I'm, I'm not happy with the way that the relationship went. I think that we were just fundamentally incompatible, not happy with the way that things panned out. But it taught me a beautiful lesson, which is that I am capable of loving, capable of deeply loving someone. And I, I thought that that was something that I had lost a long time ago. And, um, but I was still looking for validation and that was like part of the problem. It's like, I wasn't able to be the person that I wanted to be in that relationship because I was still not the person I wanted to be outside of that relationship. And uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza said something interesting in a podcast that I listened to uh, a few weeks ago. I I don't want to butcher it, but he said something along the lines of, you know, when you think about that perfect person, the person that you really want to end up with, you know, think about like all the different traits that you want them to have and then become that person. It ties very closely into this idea that nobody is coming to save you. And that was an idea that really stuck at the beginning or at the end of December, I should say. Like I just had that idea. Well, I didn't have it. Sorry. I encountered that idea and I continued to chew on it and chew on it. And then eventually it just hit me one day. I was like, yeah, nobody is coming to save me. A magical co-founder is not going to pop out of the woods. That's why is, why am I in the woods? Why is the co-founder in the woods? I don't know, but he's not going to, or she is not going to pop out of the woods and be like, Hey, I have a billion dollar idea and you are the person that I want to start this company with. That's just not the way that it's going to go. And nobody is going to give me a million dollars and I wouldn't want it because I would have no, it would be like, you know, for the people that are listening to this that are under the age of 35 You'll understand this. Even if you're not, you'll understand this, hopefully. But like Grand Theft Auto, um, the video game, the fun part of that game is, for me at least, it was always until I became wealthy in the game. Because leading up to that point, which was like, you know, 85% of the, or 95% of the campaign, like the single player, You're just struggling to, to you know, you, there's something that you want, but it's outside of what you can financially afford, right? So like you continue to have lifestyle creep in the video game where you go from, you know, wanting to be able to afford a house or wanting to be able to afford, you know, ammunition at the gun store. I don't want this to turn violent, but you know, it is a violent video game. And then, you know, by the end of the game, 
you're you know thinking about like oh i want to buy a helicopter i want to buy this other thing it's like you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars whatever it is and that's life that's how i I believe life is as well it's like the fun is when you're struggling and i don't think i would want somebody to just come into my life and save me because it wouldn't teach me anything and i don't think i would get satisfaction out of it so I have to also use that same attitude with relationships. I used to think that there would be um, a woman that would come into my life who, you know, fulfilled this very specific criteria that I had. And I'll go through it with you. Um, Like, I was always attracted to the idea of being in a relationship with either, you know, a woman that's either in academia, so she's a professor or she's extremely educated. And, um, you know, we have these like lengthy philosophical debates and, and uh, you know, she teaches a class or a couple classes or she conducts, you know, research at a university. That was like one idea. And in that case, the reason that she would save me, in quotes, save me, is that she would be so intelligent and so educated that just by proxy of us having these debates all the time, I would get smarter and she would kind of be my intellectual rock. Then I've also had ideas like, okay, what if I dated someone who was like extremely successful in the working world? And the fantasy plays out the same way. It's like there are certain areas of my life that she fills And she's able to help me with my career. And by proxy of being with her, I become better at sales or better at business or whatever it is. And then, you know, I've had other ones where it's like, you know, they're extremely um, empathetic. And just by them being empathetic, I become more empathetic. And, you know, they... The problem with these fantasies is that they always end up in the same place, which is A, a place where I'm not taking accountability for my actions and I'm just waiting for somebody who pretty much plays like a mother role. That's what it is, right? If you think about it, it's like like wanting somebody who comforts me and helps me and kind of cleans up after my messes. And on the, so it's like a lack of accountability and like the development of a mother figure. But then on the other side, it's just like the pressure that that puts onto another person to make them, you know, fill into that role means that A, I'm going to stop doing the A and B thing. It means that they would have to, they would have to be perfect. I would expect perfection And in return, they would get imperfection. They would get a mess. And I've had that in past relationships. I've had women tell me that they felt that I I held them to too high of a standard. And yet, I didn't hold myself to the same standard, right? So that's the the hypocrisy. And that's the the reason that I'm at this stage right now where I don't want to date and I'm not looking for physical stuff either. I'm looking to become the person that I was looking for 
And how beautiful is that? I can become, I, I have the power within myself to, you know, fill the gaps that I, that I thought I couldn't, you know, like to, to develop empathy and to develop my intellectual vigor and, you know, to better myself and learn more about business and sales and pull myself up. And all of that is self-contained. I can do all of that for myself. Which means that in the future, when I do end up finding somebody, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be this or or that. They can just be themselves. And if I like them for who they are, that's it. That's all that that's all that's required. So, you know, I think it, it really is the same with, with friendships as well right now. It's like I have ideas of who I would like to be friends with. I have friends already that I love, but I have ideas of like who I would like to continue or like who I would like to befriend that I'm not already friends with. People that I haven't met yet that are not in my orbit. But I'm not going to meet those people if I'm not the person. If I'm not who I'm supposed to be. So nobody is coming to save me. Nobody is holding my hand. And I need to be my own rock. And it's pretty cool, actually. That level of accountability, it gives me real power over my decisions and just like a... I don't look at the world the way that I used to. I don't feel like I'm this like passive bystander who is waiting for things to happen. I'm just... I'm either doing them or I'm not doing them. Or I'm doing, I'm making decisions or I'm stagnating. And I I guess that that's probably part of like developing emotional intelligence in general. And I listened to a podcast earlier today. I'm trying to remember who it was with. Oh, it was with Michael Easter and um, and Joe Rogan. They were having a conversation and I didn't know who Michael Easter was. But one of the things that he, he said in the podcast, he was talking about the difference between solitude and loneliness. And solitude he defined as, you know, the voluntary act of being by oneself to to grow and develop. Whereas like loneliness is like a state of being, kind of like a state of want when you are by yourself and wishing that you were with other people. And I have not really spent a lot of time with other people in the past month. Um, I mean, I, I'm in sales, so I have like, you know, five, up to five sales calls, sometimes up to eight sales calls a day with people that I don't know. And I love that. It's exhilarating. It's not even scary. It's That's like the funny thing. It's like, and I can even have, you know, lunches with people that I've never, that I've never met. And I don't have any problem with that. Um, 
but yeah, I just haven't been interacting with, with my friends as much. And I haven't been like, you know, taking time and it's been incredible. I love it. I'm just spending a lot of time with myself and really getting to know myself. It's so easy to distract yourself if you're looking for a reason to. In the past, just as I was getting close to, you know, wiping away. Here's a good example. Here's like a good analogy. Okay, so imagine you're you're all bundled up. You have a hood on. You have um, a big puffy coat and a hat and winter pants and winter boots. And you're walking across a frozen lake. And, you know, there's somebody under the lake who's who's drowning. And, you know, you can barely see anything. They just barely caught your eye. And now you're just trying to, like, furiously wipe away the snow and the frost and trying to, like, break through to the other side to help that person, to pull them through. I feel like in the past I used to have glimpses of there being somebody under there. And just as I was like starting to recruit my mental force to get that person out, I would get distracted by something and forget that that person was under there. And that person was my potential. And this is the closest that I've ever felt where I'm actually getting so close to being able to pull that person out and keep them out, warm them up, and, and, and stay friends with them. You know, the version of myself that's like limitless. And now it's been about a month and a week or a month and two weeks since, since I've had, you know, since I, since I saw the glimpse and I haven't lost sight of that person yet. And, um, you know, something interesting happened. Um, my manager at work, he told me uh, at the end of December, he, he said that I should take some time off because, you know, in sales, you're not really expecting deals to close in the last week of the year. So he was like, hey, why don't you just take some, some time off at the end of the year, recharge, because I have a feeling that January is going to be really busy. So I took the week off as he, as he asked. And rather than just, you know, vegging out and watching Netflix and screwing around, I stayed inside. So I didn't go back, back to New York um, to visit my family for the holidays. I stayed in Berlin. I didn't hang out with anyone for Christmas. I stayed inside. And for that entire week, I woke up at six o'clock or four thirty. I was like fluctuating that week, just trying to figure out which routine was better for me. And I was, um, I was just taking a class, a class online, and then using the rest of the day to practice what I had learned. And I just treated that entire week like it was like, like a think week which is what I think Bill Gates calls it when he retreats to the cap when he retreats to his cabin and reads for an entire week. 
And, you know, I had actually done that at another point in my career um, when I was with my last company. I took a week off and I went down to Munich and I brought like eight or nine books with me in my backpack and clothes, <laughs> obviously. Actually, I brought a, a, a rolling suitcase and a backpack. And then when I was there, I bought books as well. And all I did that, that week besides, you know, eating and I went on a, on a couple dates, but really all I was doing during the day for like eight hours a day was reading and writing. And I had this like, you know, pretty good setup where I had a nice desk in the hotel. I would go down, um, downstairs in the morning for the brunch and then I would come back up and I would just spend like, you know, from the hours of nine or 10 o'clock until like five or six o'clock reading and writing. And then when I was done with that, I would go grab dinner and then I would, uh, I, I would eat lunch as well, just in case you're a stickler. I would eat lunch and then I would, um, you know, go back to it until dinner and then, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And now I'm like still doing the same thing, but I'm definitely, I've definitely taken it to another level where I'm not looking for distraction anymore. You know, the distraction was like the counterbalance to prevent me from really committing and, and helping that version of myself that's under the under the ice trying to thrive, you know, actually just trying to survive. But I, I just feel very close uh, to reaching my potential and it's a beautiful feeling. And that kind of leads me um, probably to like the last topic that I'll cover because my mouth really hurts. I had uh, all four wisdom teeth yanked like three days ago and my mouth is just like actually killing me now. Um, what I wanted to talk about is just, you know, how you can get into that mindset and how you can develop those habits. And, you know, I, I don't have all the answers. And personally, if you're in a relationship, I don't think I can help you because I don't feel like I'm I'm the person yet who is able to, I don't know if I would be able to be who I am right now if I were in a relationship with someone. I think that would be a big, that would be a tall order because, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, it's all about compromise. And right now I'm not compromising at all. I'm just doing what feels good to me. But you know, if you want to get into this mindset in general, I think like the most important thing is just having a routine and figuring out what activities you need to do on a weekly basis or daily basis, preferably, that make you feel like the version of yourself that you want to be. I found that meditation has been an incredible resource for me. And I don't want to say that it's like, you know, I don't want to like jump on the hype train and say that, you know, it's had these, um, this impact on me that it hasn't. So I'm not going to exaggerate it. I like meditating now and that by itself to me is worth it. The fact that I actually like doing something that's difficult to me, it's worth it. But the benefits besides that, besides like the indirect benefits of you know, being able to do, um, you know, difficult things is that 
I feel like I'm more conscious of when my mind is drifting away into topics that I don't really get value out of that are not productive. And I'm able to kind of return to my center a lot better than I was able to before. And that's awesome because like sometimes, you know, it can be, it can almost feel like you're just bouncing like a pinball if you're not conscious of, you know, how you're spending your time and if you're not intentional. So meditate, meditation has been great for that. It's the last thing that I do every morning before I start, you know, before I take my dog for a walk usually um, and before I start writing. But you know what's an underrated thing that I do that I don't really hear people talk about? Well, it's there's two things. The first thing is that I drink water when I wake up and not just like a little bit of water. I don't just take like a sip. I drink a liter of water when I wake up. And I used to just like, you know, drink it as fast as I could. Actually, I started off with like a 10 gulp rule where I said if I could just have 10 large, you know, gulps, that was good enough. Then I worked my way up to a liter and I would try to finish it as, you know, seamlessly as possible usually within like five minutes i would drink a liter but then i would just have like i would be burping the entire morning and now what i do instead is i i pour my water bottle (laughs) uh i either you know drink direct directly from the water bottle or or i fill up my water bottle because it's exactly one liter and then i pour that into two different glasses and then i just keep you know I'll drink one glass and then I'll start on the other glass. And then when they're both empty, I'll fill them back up again until I'm out of water while I'm, while I'm working. I don't know. I just find that it's so much easier to drink out of a glass than it is to like, you know, drink out of a water bottle, but it's just this specific one. That's kind of a pain. And so that's like one thing that I don't hear a lot of people talk about is like, you know, water consumption in the morning. And then the other thing I don't hear people talk about, is waiting until the end of their productivity peak before checking messages. So I don't really have any choice, um, you know, but to check email uh, at like around, you know, 9, 9.30 when I start working. I don't really have a choice. I'm in sales, right? So I need to actually know what's going on with my emails, but I don't check them in the morning. Like it's not the first thing that I do. So I get up at six o'clock and I don't usually look at email until like 9.30. But I I don't check personal messages until 12. So I don't check text messages. I don't check WhatsApp. I try to avoid LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is like that, you know, in between area where it's like, well, what if if a client reaches out? You know, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm looking there. Uh, and yeah, that's actually like a really important part of my routine and not something that I hear people talk about a lot. And it feels like the minute that I start checking that kind of stuff, it's like my dopamine receptors are on like over overdrive and they're, you know, just firing and they're like, Oh, where else can we get, um, dopamine from? And then I'll, you know, start checking apps that I have no business checking. I'll look at like, costs of you know i'll look at like houses for sale 
it's like a downward spiral. Like I'll look at houses for sale. I'll look at like camper vans that I might want to buy in the future. Oh, what's the cheapest state in the United States to live, even though I have no intention of moving back there? Oh, Mississippi? Oh, what's the nicest town in Mississippi? What's, uh, which states in the United States don't have income tax? And it's like all of that kind of, you know, that... It's like a downward spiral. That's really like the best way of putting it. And if you can prevent yourself from falling into a spiral... You can stay productive for a very long time. I'm speaking from experience. This morning I woke up at 6.30. Um, uh, with like the wisdom teeth, it's been pretty painful in the middle of the night. So I, uh, <clears throat> I woke up a little bit later than I wanted to with less sleep than I would have liked to have gotten. I think I got like six hours of sleep. And... Um, yeah, immediately got uh, going on my morning routine. And when I was done with my morning routine, I took my dog out for a nice little walk and we played fetch. And then I went to WeWork. And I worked at WeWork for like six hours straight. And I didn't check any of my messages or anything until like 12 o'clock. So, you know, it was like a solid three hours after getting there where I was just like working. And even after I checked my messages this morning, I, or this afternoon, I should say, I wasn't even, you know, sucked into them because I was like so focused on or so excited about what I was working on. So, yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is this. You need to make decisions that are aligned with the person that you want to be. And it doesn't, it's not a judgment call. You know, the person that you want to be is up to you to decide. It's not up to your parents to decide. It's not up to your, you know, girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner or your spouse or your dog or your cat or your lizard. It's up to you to decide that. And the person that you want to become is going to have an impact on how compatible you are with the people that are in your life. And that's part of the reason that people want to hold each other back is that they're afraid. I think this is just a, a hypothesis, but that they are afraid that you won't want to spend time with them. If you become elevated, you know, if you just take a path that puts you on a different, on a different level, not a level above them, but just a different place, you know, different, different state of mind. And so whoever you end up wanting to become, because it can change over time, you can, you can become that person. It's completely within your control. And if you do want to become someone like the person that I'm becoming, then you can follow some of the things that I've done or that I'm doing because I also get my advice from other people indirectly that either are more closely aligned in terms of their actions with the person that I want to become, or I, I see the path that they've taken as a way for me to get to where I want to be. So if you want to, you know, reach like a similar point, I would really recommend the morning routine. 
and just having more intention with how you move throughout the day. But if that's not for you, then there's no point in trying to like, you know, please other people. If you want to live like a very quiet life and you're satisfied with, you know, having, you know, having like having your week be more structured around like social events where, you know, maybe on Fridays and Saturdays and Tuesdays you go out for drinks and then, you know, it's just like a lot more low key. That's completely fine. We're all on this earth for a very short period of time. We may as well do the things that make us feel good. And, you know, so much of the happiness that I enjoy and so much of the gratitude that I have for the life that I'm living stems from the fact that I see that if I continue to do the things that I'm doing on a daily basis, like my short-term actions align with my long-term outcomes. That's all it is. It's just complete alignment. So I don't kick myself. I don't, you know, ever feel like I'm doing things that are not, not working for me. I'm very happy with, with who I am. And I hope that you are also happy with who you are. But the good news is like, you know, there was a time that I wasn't happy with what I was doing and who I was, and it didn't destroy my life. It, the good news is like, if you actually recognize who you want to be, and you're not taking those steps, it's never too late. You can just pivot very easily, actually. I mean, it depends, obviously. I don't want to speak for everyone's situation, but like, you know, if if you have like relative financial security and, you know, skills that you can trans, that, that can, you know, translate into other industries quite easily, other roles, let's say that you're... Um, you know, you're a lawyer and you don't want to be a lawyer anymore because you want to be able to travel more. Well, you can easily take those skills and apply them. If you want to work remotely, you can apply them to either, you know, consulting as a lawyer or you can apply the skill of being able to, you know, uh, condense and summarize information and use that as like a, you know, as like a way where you can build value for your customers. Like if you decide, for instance, like you don't want to be a lawyer anymore, but maybe you want to, you know, maybe you want to coach founders. Well, you know, you could, you could probably apply a lot of those skills to coaching founders, for instance, like, you know, being able to read things very quickly, being able to understand situations, um, being able to navigate uh, ambiguous circumstances and make decisions, uh, you know, being a good communicator, uh, you know, being good at debate. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how, how I would pivot away because I've never been a lawyer, but if you have skills that can be transferred into other areas then you'll always be able to feed yourself and you'll always be able to you know find something that really aligns so don't give up don't lose hope it's going to be okay 
and man, this world is beautiful. It's so freaking cool. You know, I've made decisions over the past five years. I've made decisions with like the long term in mind and I've ended up in Berlin. That was something that I always wanted for myself was to travel and to live in a different country. And now I am. I live in Berlin. And I, I always wanted financial security. And boom, there it is. I have it. And uh, and I always wanted to, well, more recently, probably in the last six years, I've wanted to make a real impact on people and be able to help thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people and just like impact the way that they think and they feel about the world. And I'm on that path right now. It's And it's not measured by the number of followers. It's not measured by the number of listeners. It's not measured by the present. It's measured by my commitment to showing up every single day because I really believe that if I'm here and I'm doing this, that is all that I can ask of myself and the rest will follow. All of the good results will follow. It's all about just being here and showing up with a positive attitude and just being grateful and excited to be alive. And that's it. So with that, I'm going to jump off here. I hope that you guys are having a a great weekend so far and yeah, feel free to, you know, shoot me a message. I mean, you could probably find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> you could find me on Twitter now that I have one. Uh, you could find me. You could uh, email me, probably easily find my email address online. But yeah, just let me know. It's cool. I really like the idea of connecting with people that I haven't met. And if there's anyone listening to this that thinks that I could, you know, provide them any sort of value, I would love to. This life is not long. I'd rather give the gifts that I have to anybody, anybody that wants them. All right. <laughs> I'm done being uh um uh, done being a philosopher for today. I'm going to go take my dog for a walk. I suggest that you make the most of today or tonight or tomorrow <laughs> in, in whichever way you want to. But until my next podcast, I'm wishing you guys the best and I'll see you soon. Peace.